Well, welcome to the third episode of Win 2020 with Makashin and Ross. I am Ross. I'm Makashin. And we are here talking uh, to an expert every time, every episode, about what it's going to take to win Wisconsin's 10 electoral college votes in 2020. If you're a Democrat, you talk a little bit about what you think the Democrats can do. If you're a Republican, you talk about what you think Republicans will need to do to keep a hold of Wisconsin's 10 electoral college votes. Um, we could not have a heavier hitter today. I mean, uh, you know, we have a I'm guy. <laughs> we have a we have a gentleman here who won four statewide elections, unprecedented six, six which two were the primaries. two primaries. I always cut out the primaries because I, of course, they lost the only good. primary they I ran in. Fair enough. I, <laughs> I lost to uh, Bob LaFollette. Oh no, I'm sorry, Doug LaFollette. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyhow, but anyhow, so you an unprecedented four terms as governor. Um, and uh, we have the great pleasure of having you as our guest today. It's a real honor. And I guess I'll just start off by asking Governor Thompson, what's a Republican going to need? What's your side need to do to win 2020 here? They got to come in and really get organized. The Democrats are much better organized uh, in, in the last three years than the Republicans are. So Republicans have got to be organized. They've got to cut into that heavy vote in Dane County and Milwaukee County. They can do that by uh, making sure they <clears throat> they come in and organize and not be afraid to come into the central cities of both Milwaukee and Madison and get establish a toehold in regards to uh, getting some kind of support uh, for the party. They also, as a Republican, they got to pick up more of the suburban votes in uh, around Milwaukee. <clears throat> when the president ran before, he didn't get as many votes out of Waukesha and Ozaukee and Washington County as Republicans usually get, and a lot of people were upset. So he's got to go back in and make sure he turns those out. It's going to be doable. He's got to pick up a lot more votes in South Milwaukee, and then he's got to energize the North like he did before. He was very good at energizing the North, probably the best of any Republican candidate running for president that I know of, and he's got to be able to make sure he picks up Wausau and Eau Claire votes and be able to pick those up in the same number that he did before. And then he's got to come down and get some of the votes out of the Mississippi Valley. He's got to get some votes in western Wisconsin. Republicans haven't done as well as they should have in western Wisconsin from Platteville up to La Crosse. That's an area that is uh, rich for Republicans to go back in and pick up. If they do that, they'll win the, win the state. But that's a big task. Mm-hmm. Governor, let me pick up on the suburban vote. So it's an honor for me, uh, as I told the listeners in our first segment, you are my political hero and my surrogate father, and we've got we've had this phenomenal relationship for 30 years, and uh, you and I saw this problem. I think you started when, 19 or 20? 23. 23, okay. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, long time ago. You're a big guy. I've been carrying you for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age, age, age 19. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew that Donald Trump would struggle in the suburban ring of Milwaukee, right. partially because he was an unorthodox candidate. He says and tweets things that are not normal to most politicians. Uh, plus, he had the Never Trump movement in southeast Wisconsin. And Charlie Sykes who was a very popular TV or radio host at radio. the time, hammering him every Hammer, day. Every day. So you and I thought that might prevent him from winning the state of Wisconsin because it would suppress his vote in southeast Wisconsin. 
it seems that's starting to turn. Uh, the latest Marquette poll has them at 90% approval among Republicans in Wisconsin. 88%. 88. Okay. Uh, how can he do better in the suburbs? Well, he can. I, I think just the fact that he's been there for four years and that the Republicans, I think uh, 88% of the Republicans feel very strongly about him. Uh, that's going to help energize the base in Waukesha and the suburban areas. And the thing that uh, Donald Trump was able to do was he was able to overcompensate in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. He was able to pick up votes in northern Wisconsin that Republicans usually don't get. And they really sort of rallied around Donald Trump. And if he can go in and pick up the suburban vote and increase his percentage there, yeah. which we all know was very low for a, a candidate on the Republican ticket running for president, if he's able to go back in and, and, and repair the damage that he did four years ago, and I, and I think he's already done that, I think he was going to do very well. And if he can hold on to northern Wisconsin in the same numbers as he did before and be able to do well in Brown County and pick up some votes in, in La Crosse area, he's going to do okay in the state of Wisconsin. But he's got to do that in order to win. Um, question, do you have, as far as the suburban women of, of uh, southeastern Wisconsin, um, a lot of the Democrats said that they were hoping to try, you know, that the pro-choice Republican women right. of that area would react poorly to Trump, which is what I think we tend to feel might be part of the challenge that he had. How do you think the effort the, related to the, uh, the incarceration of women and children and families and all the media, do you think that will play it all into potentially keeping those women still in the Democratic pocket for that? If it was in an isolation, yes. Yeah. But it's not an isolation. Mm. You're going to be running against a candidate that's going to be coming out with some crazy ideas. Maybe. You know, and that's going good to... Good chance. Be, yeah. What? Good chance of that. Good chance of that. And that is going to repair that. Because when you compare, you know, what he's trying to do on the border, which in isolation, if that was just the case, the suburban women would probably be upset and would probably vote against it. But when you put that against free health care... Uh, Medicare for all, and if you look at uh, strong military, you look at uh, what uh, Bernie Sanders is talking about, you compare that and they're going to say, yeah, I don't like what he's doing here, but overall the economy's doing well. We're, we're probably got more money to spend than we ever have, ever had, and uh, that's going to be helpful. So I think that will overcompensate for that. If isolations, you're correct, but in, in the totality of a presidential election, they're going to be looking at the economy. It's always the economy. And Trump, if, if the economy's strong, Trump is going to be able to pick up a lot of those voters. Even though they'll say, I don't like him, I don't like tweeting as uh, my surrogate son Bill McCoshin said, I don't like this or that. Overall, you know, when he comes into the voting booth, if you compare Donald to Bernie, or somebody that's in that socialistic uh, mentality, they're going to be voting for Donald Trump, I think. Let's get into some of the specifics. So as we pointed out, you're 6-1 in statewide races. You had two contested primaries. You are the last Republican statewide candidate to win Dane and Milwaukee County. That was 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because you were moderate or anything like that. It was because you competed for every single vote. You wanted every single vote. And you taught all of us that work for you to never give up an area. Is it possible for Donald Trump to cut the margins in Dane and Milwaukee County? I think it's unrealistic to think he can win either of those. But well, he, he won't be able to win Milwaukee County or... 
or Dane County, and I don't even think he should assume that. But what he can do is he can reduce the majority yeah. that the Democrats are going to come out of uh, Dane County and Milwaukee County. They're you know, rolling up margins of 300,000 votes out of those well, two counties. It's, it's over 300,000 when <laughs> last yeah. election for, uh, for governor. And, and anytime a Democrat can come out and, and a gubernatorial election with over 300,000 votes in Madison, Dane County, and Milwaukee County, you're gonna, it's going to be pretty hard for a Republican to win. And that's what uh, Scott Walker ran into. And in the Scott Walker team, I'm not complaining or criticizing. It's just they did not really think they had to really compete in Dane County and Milwaukee County. Different than what you and I did, Bill. Yeah. As you know, I, I taught all of you when you're in my political camp, we go for every vote. Every vote. And... and when we got 60% of the vote... Going we'll, for 62. We're going 62 <laughs> or 64. And we're going to Madison. We're going into Dane County. Yeah. We're going to the black churches. We're going to the Union Hall. Did all that. We did, we, wherever there's a bunch of people uh, congregated, you'd find the Tommy Thompson team there talking about issues. Yeah. And people like that. People, people in Wisconsin, in Iowa, uh, the state of Iowa, is just the same way. They want to meet their candidates. They want to see their candidates. They want to shake their hands and look them in the square in the eye. And whether it be Democrat or Republican, you can, you can go on down Dane County, you go right down the city of Madison, and you can shake hands with a bunch of people that say, I'm a socialist, I'm a progressive, I'd never vote for a Republican, but I like you. Yeah. Now, how many times do we say, you know, they like Tommy Thompson, and they would vote for him even though they never voted for another Republican? Because they met... They met me or met you or met somebody from the team. And that's the difference. That's right. what Trump's got to do. Trump will not win, but he could cut the majority and cut the percentage. And that would be tremendously helpful winning the state. Well, um, you, you talked about issues, which I, you know, I absolutely agree. I think people want to know what you're about. Absolutely. It's not just about saying that the other person is bad. It's about what are you going to do to move my life forward? I use my wallet every day. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. and, you know, Democrats have been very clear about this. They say health care is on the ballot in it 2020, is. without a doubt. And, you know, a lot of politicians aren't particularly self-reflecting, Governor Thompson, but you are unique in that. I think last year you uh, said that um, as far as corrections went, that there are differences that now upon reflection, there are things that you would do differently, Absolutely. perhaps. That's right. Um, you know, given where we're at with, with you got to evolve in politics, and, and if you if you believe in the status quo and you you maintain that position, you're going to lose. You got, I mean, society is moving. You got to at least be able to compete and be able to start talking about the issues that society wants you to talk about. But in a presidential election, uh, you, you know that the economy is going to be number one, but healthcare is going to be number two. Well, I really believe that. Well, and, you know, I mean, the late Senator John McCain said that you're the smartest guy in the room on health care and you're a, fl a reflective guy. Do you think at any point in time that given the one and a half billion dollars that we've lost in health care money, do you think at any point in time Governor Walker or the Republicans will say we should have taken that money? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's possible, but... Uh I'm not sure that they're ready to. They, they came up with a different plan that's uh, that's working and uh, it's doing quite well. Um, but you know, that's a hell of a lot of money. Mm. And Could money, and money, uh, money, you know, solves a lot of problems. So the Republicans got to 
come to grips with that issue. And uh, I think they're trying to, and I think they have quite successfully, but uh, it's a lot of money. Well, one of the, I mean, one of the, one of your signature achievements is Badger Care. I mean, every, right? Everybody talks about how wonderful that is. And I, you know, good Lord. I mean, the yeah. people whose lives have been saved as a result of that. When the we best talk- compliment anybody can have is when they copy. Right? And, and the Democrats have copied uh, Badger Care and have taken it. Mike Dukakis told me that was the best, uh, best health care proposal in America, bar none. Yeah. That was, I, this was the first election that I ever, I was a college reporter then. I remember we did the, uh, we had a thing about it. But um, the, uh, the, I guess the thing then with Badger Care is that Badger Care is basically Medicare, Medicaid. It's Medicaid. It is Medicaid. Currently, the Republicans in the state, you know, led by the de facto leader, Robin Voss, Speaker Voss, are all calling that welfare. All of them. <clears throat> How, what is your reaction to that? Well, you know, Robin Boss is my friend, and I, I like him a lot, and I think he's probably one of the most effective speakers. He and Tom Loftus were, were both very effective speakers. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, you can argue with, you can argue with the, the nomenclature and, and, <clears throat> and how he characterizes it. Medicaid is, uh, <laughs> Medicaid is, a, is there, and it's necessary, and it's helpful. And you got to use it. And uh, people, Republicans have got to come to grips with that and recognize that Medicaid is here to stand. And you better have a program that's going to help it like I did in Badger Care. I never, I liked the Badger Care and I never felt, and Joe Leon was a, a, an original convert and was very passionate along with me. And he was yeah. my secondary health and human services. And I told him I wanted I always remember this. I was the Joint Finance Committee, and and uh, uh, people they were talking about legal care, and uh, and people. Uh, Kim Merkel says, "You know, if I'm really poor, I uh, I can get a, a government attorney, and if I'm really wealthy, I can I can hire somebody really good. But if I'm just middle of the road, I got to hire somebody like John Shabazz." <laughs> I said that, I said that enjoyed, and and I took that analogy into healthcare, and I thought to myself, you know, if you're really poor, you can get fairly good healthcare. If you're wealthy, you can get healthcare. But if you're a a couple without children and working at running a, a little grocery store, a mob pa filling station on Main Street, they couldn't get healthcare, and they. And they couldn't get, they couldn't pay for it. And they were not because they had their own business and try, or farmers. They couldn't get any health care. So I came up with Badger Care, and I thought, you know, those individuals that work day in and day out, day out, don't ask for anything, and they're the individuals that I really want to help and provide care. And so I expanded <coughs> Medicaid in order to cover them. And I was able to do it because of the welfare reform. I had built up enough federal dollars that I could, I could get a check from the federal government to help compensate for it. And it turned out to be a, an exceptional program. And people still use it. I don't know, 75 to 100,000 families are still in Badger Care. And, and that's, that's the kind of innovation that Republicans have got to, have got to come to grips with. They can, they can look at it and say, you know, I just don't like it because of this or that. But if it's there, I always thought, you know, if it's there, it's not going to change. It's going to be there tomorrow. 
what can I do to fix it and make it better and, and adapt it into a program that I can utilize for the people? So if I know that governors are sometimes loath to give advice to their successors, people after, so, but would you give governor, if you were advising Governor Evers, would you tell him to keep fighting for, for the Medicaid, for the health care money? Well, he has to. That's his position. He'd be crazy not to. Let's get back on the presidential election. So you are the most well-traveled governor, ex-governor in Wisconsin history. You're still out there working for candidates every single cycle. You, uh, we always sort of amazed, were amazed as your staff at, uh, before smartphones and things like that, you were picking stuff up on the ground. You knew what people were thinking. So, uh, who do you think is the Democrats best option candidate to win Wisconsin? Who, who would be their strongest candidate? Joe, Joe Biden. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, uh, uh, Klobuchar from uh, from Minnesota would be uh, because she's so close to Minnesota. Yeah, would be the second one. But uh, uh, if they nominate a Bernie or a, a Elizabeth Warren, do you think that either of them sell in Wisconsin in a general election? They might in a primary, but would they sell in a general? They'll sell in a primary big time. Uh, either one of them will sell better than Joe will in the primary. <laughs> but <clears throat> Joe Biden will. Joe Biden will be able to pick up the old-time Democrats, some of the Reagan Democrats that would yeah. might go with uh, with Trump, and uh, some of the Democrats that, if they had to vote for Bernie or for Elizabeth, they'd probably go with Trump. But if they had to have a, a comfortable choice that they wouldn't be afraid of, uh, they'll probably come back and vote for Biden. So. I think Biden's got by far the best chance of picking up the state of Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. I think Biden is by far the toughest candidate for for uh, uh, Trump to defeat. He can do it, but it's going to be tough. You and I talk multiple times every election day. You want to know what's going on. I'm giving you information. You're giving me information. Uh, as you think back to 2016... It wasn't as much about Trump as it was about Hillary Clinton. 250,000 Democrats stayed home that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Trump's number was almost identical in 16 to what Romney's was in 12. I don't even Do think you he's think got quite as many as Romney. 4,000 less, yeah. yeah. Do you think that uh, Democrats are more energized this time to, to beat Donald Trump? And how does that impact the race? Well, anytime you have motivation... Big Mo, <laughs> it, it, it goes. I mean, without saying. Uh, what really uh, surprises me and uh, somewhat uh, uh, scares me a little bit is how well Dane County is uh, is organized for the Democrats. At 90% turnout in Madison. Yeah. Eight, eight, yeah. You so get, the Democrats eight, are almost at their ceiling. You know, when uh, when Supreme Court Justice Dalek got 81% in Dane County. <laughs> I, I, I use that figure all the time because nobody nobody listens to me. But when when a person from Milwaukee... An unknown. Unknown, never been on a statewide ballot, gets 81% in Dane County. I told, the next day I called Walker and I said, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Anybody that can get 81% of the vote in Dane County... Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 in bad shape, uh, and then you you look at what uh, Ebers did, and it's the same thing. It wasn't quite as as high, but it was 
huge percentage. Well, I, think over seven. I think the poor yeah. house was 175,000 yep. in, in Dane County. You get 175,000 morality out of, out of Dane County for a Democrat candidate. I don't care who you are, you're going to have a tough go. And they didn't have that against Trump. They, they, no matter who the Democrat candidate is, they will have that this year. And the only question is whether or not you're going to be able to compensate that in northern Wisconsin and the suburbs in, in southern South Milwaukee and Brown County and pick up some votes. You can do that and compensate for it, but it's going to be, you're going to have to be well organized. You're going to have to work real hard in order to do it. And it depends upon who the candidate is. Yeah. It's going to be harder with Biden or Globachar, but it'll be much easier against Warren and Bernie to get that kind of support for a Republican. My last question for you, Governor. The Democrats have decided to hold their national convention in Milwaukee. First Smart. time, first time uh, state of Wisconsin has ever hosted either party's national convention. How do you think that will impact the race? Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, just just the fact that they're here in Wisconsin is a big a big feather in their hat. It's great for the economy too. Great for the economy, and and let's face it, you know, if you're just unless you're somebody really steeped in a Republican politics, you'll want to go to it. I mean, I said, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, I wonder if I get a ticket to that. And it's going to be on every, all the all the local stories. You know, when the National Commission, they, they get done talking to, uh, uh, to the presidential candidates, there's some time left on the TV interview. <laughs> what do they do? They got, they got to interview what's going on in Wisconsin. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, and they're going to be they're going to be out in the communities. Uh, there's going to be some people. Going to be somebody who's uh, some problems going to come up, and that's going to get publicity. Everything is going to be Milwaukee centric, and Wisconsin uh, for uh, probably two weeks. Yeah. And the week before, and the week during, and a couple of days afterwards. So for two weeks. You know, a few months before the election, all you hear is Wisconsin and Democrats, and, and that's that's tough. I don't care, I don't care what you're selling. What is the old adage? I don't care what they say as long as my name is in the is in the press. <laughs> yeah, and me, I want it spelled correctly because I only have one T. You, you want it spelled yeah. correctly, yeah. And I, but but every single TV and radio. The program. eyes of the world will be on Wisconsin. Will be on Wisconsin. Everybody will want to be here. Everybody will be watching it because it is in Wisconsin. It's going to be a huge boon. Scott, you get our last question. You know, I'm just thinking I better get a haircut if the eyes of the nation are going to be on Wisconsin. Um, I was going to say that, you know. I, you know a little shaggy. I really little you, shaggy. I really thought you'd cut your hair. I know. It's yeah, a, you know. But you, you had to put me down one more time. Uh, you know, I just, I guess, I, you know, one, one, you know, I guess my fault, you know, my last thing is, you know, it's interesting. I was looking this up. It's since 1984. The governor of the state of Wisconsin has only, has only been able to deliver the presidency to his party three times. What is it, you know, what, what is it, any advice, you know, that you want to hand out to the, to the, uh, to the current occupant about how he makes sure that his side wins? Well, you, you got to, the governor, you know, can influence a little bit, but in a presidential election, it's not that much. Uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, Wisconsin is really a purple state. It's not a blue state. It's not a red state. It's, I mean, the last three, three, uh, 
elections uh, have been what thirty thousand or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's not many. And you and you're going to be uh, over four million votes and having thirty thousand individuals decide elections. It's going to be it's going to be extremely close again in Wisconsin, and uh, I think that uh, uh, the gubernatorial candidates and the governor uh, will have. Uh, will be asked to comment and make uh, pronouncements, but I don't think they're going to influence that many people. This one, this presidential election is going to be so well publicized <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that you and Bill and myself are not going to be asking for somebody's advice as to how we're going to vote. And so I, I really think that this election is going to be less about uh, less about, oh, I, I'm waiting until the last minute and I can't make up my mind and I'm going to go talk to Uncle Joe and Aunt Mary and, and see how they're, how, what they think. You're going to have your mind made up in September, right after, right after the convention. You're going to know who you're going to vote for. Is it Donald Trump or is it the candidate on the Democratic side? And I don't think in this election the governor, uh, the senator, or anybody... This is going to be such a well-publicized, and it's going to be very strong rhetoric that people will have their minds made up completely. Governor, thank you for your time, your hospitality, for hosting Scott and I today, and we appreciate your insight. Well, I really, I really am glad you came over. It was fun to be on your program. It was finally fun to... Uh, to actually meet Scott Ross. Uh, I, had, uh, I, I had this image of him that was really bad, and I sort of liked the guy. I, 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 I'm either getting soft by old age, or he is mellowed out. I, I don't know, but uh, it's turned out to be uh, quite a thing. In fact, Scott, I'll tell you, you can come back anytime with coffee. But next time, would you please buy a cup? You know, you Democrats are always trying to get something free. Why don't you bring a cup of coffee next time? Absolutely fair, Governor. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, we'll wrap up now. I just want to uh, make sure that everybody goes and checks us out at win2020wi.com or hit us on Twitter at, at win2020wi. And uh, if you've got any suggestions and topics, email us or uh, hit us on Twitter. Thanks so much. We'll Thanks, see you next guys. time.